That was a really good sermonette. I think it was a sermon. <laughs> Very good. Appreciate that. Well, when I was uh, studying uh, mainly last night and during the afternoon, I began to think about what words would be good to use for a sermon title. I ran across faithful, and I thought, well, is there enough to talk about? Oh, what a mistake. <laughs> um, I said, this should be a short sermon. <laughs> Actually, those are just verses that I wanted to find quickly. 78 verses on faithfulness. So it isn't going to be that long of a sermon. <laughs> but uh, faithfulness, wow. Um, so much could be said in the scriptures. There's... Uh, Probably, there's a few faithful verses that are sort of going the other way. They weren't faithful, (laughs) okay. But uh, there's very many more going the other way. Uh, I won't quote all the verses, just maybe the, the book that they're in, but in Numbers it says, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. God is talking. Moses is faithful. Wow, that would be nice to have that said of us. Um, In Deuteronomy, Know therefore that the Lord thy God is God, the faithful God that keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I think if we... We think, well, a thousand generations is it short or, or how many generations, but you start counting out how many people are involved. <laughs> and a thousand, we haven't gone that far. Wow, we haven't gone a thousand generations yet. So, um, yes, there's a lot of uh, blessings from the Heavenly Father, and He is faithful. Um, faithful among all thy servants as David. We have to think about sometimes the way the word is used in different places. Who is faithful? And among all thy servants, there's only one or two or so that are faithful, but they're called out. They're specially named that there is faith, that they are faithful. And we have been real nice if that could be said of us, that we are all, we are among the faithful. We are very faithful. So um, when you look at the next... uh, the verses here, he was a faithful man and feared God above many. Okay, we should be one of those many. Okay, one of those are probably fewer than more. One verse that kept coming back to me was when they, when they were dealing out the money to fix the temple. And they said they didn't have to keep record on these guys because they were faithful. Wow, isn't that neat to have somebody say that? Now, sometimes we have to do uh, a number count or a check count or something, whatever you'd call it, but it's just proving that that person is faithful. They did it right. So that's a good sign, good thing. A couple more here. An ambassador of faithfulness. If you were hunting that word by itself, you'd have to put in the whole spelling of faithfulness so that it would find that verse. But otherwise, under 
faith, there was another verse, another word in that chapter, faithful. In that verse, there's another word, faithful, that brought, it, brought that faithfulness. So we're an ambassador of faithfulness. Isn't that really calling us to, to be special about ourselves? Uh, not for our own pat on the back. You know, that's, that's not going to do it. We don't need that. But for the representation of the Heavenly Father, we're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. We're an ambassador of the faith. We're an ambassador for the Heavenly Father. Boy, yes. Uh, so just a couple more from these other pages, maybe. Uh, faithful, be a faithful witness. Yeah, you need to be that. Um, Daniel was considered to be faithful to the king and for everything else that he did, he was faithful. In Matthew, uh, about half of these verses were Old Testament, half were New Testament. I, I thought that was interesting too. Um, who then is a faithful and wise servant? So to be faithful servant also makes you a wise servant because you chose the best. Okay, <laughs> that's neat. Um, whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household. That was in Matthew 24. So, yes, we want to be that. Uh, the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah, I, I want to be there. I'd like to have that said of me. And I sure hope I can be that faithful that is known to the Heavenly Father, known to Jesus Christ. And then again, that was in Matthew and Luke and so on, Mark. Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And this much has been given to you to do, and you did it faithfully, so now we're going to give you this much. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Um, God is faithful, as in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. Steward. The one that's handling the affairs of the group, uh, whether it's accounting or whether it's business of, of the group that he's a faithful servant, a student, faithful um, steward, faithful steward. Then they came along uh, in uh, in First Corinthians still, but it's talking about Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the in the in the Lord, who uh, shall bring you into remembrance of my ways. Uh, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere, in every church. Wow, you think. They could see it. They could go around, they could actually say, I know what a faithful person looks like. I know what a faithful servant does. And Timothy is doing it because he learned it from me. And you kind of, well, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, it's Okay. <laughs> We're supposed to pass along the message to the next generation. That's good. Okay. Um, down further in Ephesians, a beloved is named uh, a beloved brother and faithful. Then he names uh, another brother and he says, faithful brethren in Christ. Uh, somebody else is named a dear fellow servant who is for you in uh, for you, a faithful minister of Christ. This person's for you, and he is a faithful minister of Christ. Another person is named, who is a beloved brother and faithful minister. 
Another person is named, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, one of your group. It's getting named nationally through Paul's writings. Um, these brethren are named and says that they are faithful. That's, that's fantastic. Um, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. We know that Jesus is faithful. A couple more here. Um, to Timothy. Oh, I, I was looking for one of these and I thought, well, I run across one and here it is for the ladies. <laughs> Instead of a servant of thinking men. Uh, even so must uh, their wives uh, be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. <laughs> so the women are counted out as well as being faithful. And we know there's a lot of other uh, women mentioned in the Bible that did this or did that and did that. And they had to be faithful or they wouldn't have been there, wouldn't have been doing those things. A judge of Israel, a lady. Okay, she had to be faithful or she wouldn't have had that office. Uh, further down here, another one. Uh, but these, um, the, the printer is dying. <laughs> and the lettering is very thin. But, um, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Not need. Take these uh, witness items, these stories of the Bible, these uh, words of the Bible, and give them to faithful men so they'll be able to teach others. <laughs> you know, I, I love that, that statement because that's how I feel. As I got older and older, I realized I like teaching, and if I could pass that along to somebody else, it, they say that teachers feel like they are getting immortality through it's going to these other students. And they are carrying it to other students, and it's going to more and more and more. And remember when Mr. So-and-so said so-and-so. That's kind of, kind of an immortality. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's nice to have that with spiritual matters. Faithful men that's going to carry the gospel teachings. Uh, talks about a faithful creator, a faithful brother unto you. Um, if we... Uh, again, the, um, the printer was bring, giving strips. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that's what I couldn't read. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's a neat one, isn't it? Confess our sins. He, Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, is faithful to forgive us our sins. And down a little further again, in uh, the book of Revelations. But thou, oh, no, be thou faithful unto death. I really started thinking about marriage. You know, you're, you're joined uh, until death do you part. Uh, think about that with the Heavenly Father as well, to be faithful unto death. Be faithful to Jesus Christ. Don't let it slip. Why? Because uh, I will give you a crown of life. Okay. Very nice verse. And just one more here. And they that are uh, with him are all are called and chosen to be faithful. 
those that are with the coming king, king of kings, lord of lords, and, the, and they that are with him are called, are chosen, are faithful. Wow, you better be faithful. And I marked one where it said, behold, and I thought, why, why did I mark that? But you need more of the verse. Behold, I make all things new, and he saith unto me, uh, write these words are, um, are true and faithful. These words are true and faithful. So, um, yes, we need to take, take note. Behold, <laughs> you know, that we need to be faithful for the Lord. So how to be faithful? Just um, talking about this will, will help us. In Revelations 2.20, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. There we go. It's going to keep us dedicated. It's going to keep us to be a discipled and discipling. We'll be determined, determined to do what he would like us to do, to determine our, our own lives, what, what we want to serve, how we're going to do it. We need to be diligent. We need to be dependable. It's all part of this being faithful. I did a different study uh, one time on the similar idea, uh, and it was with these little cards that you play a game with people, and they have people's faces on those cards that were Bible people. And who did this and who did this? Which person represented this attribute of Christianity? Um, characteristics of Christian behavior, mannerisms, and so on. But they had a, a person's face, and they'd say, uh, this is what he depicts in the scriptures. So you had Timothy and Paul, and you know, you had these other people on those cards. And one of them said that they were faithful, diligent, dependable, determined. You know, all, all these words were on that same card. <laughs> I didn't look it up last night. This is just out of my head. But yeah, those are really neat. Romans 12.1. You know, I often go back to that one. And just part of the verse says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. That is faithfulness, right? To do all of those things, you're actually being a faithful believer, one that will carry the message. Um, it devote, uh, denotes different things in our lives. Uh, projections, the way we look at things, our position, our... Um, possessions that we have and how we look at them, our pursuit of, pursue of our time, talents, and treasures will point out whether we're being faithful or not being faithful and how much faith we put into it. We should be uh, dedicated to God, seeking His will. And I started thinking about Don C. Nichols where he would pray that he didn't want to embarrass the Heavenly Father in his behavior day by day. How he handled people, worked with people, and that he wanted to be faithful. Um, a willing worker seeking God's will and God's way and God's work that needed to be done. We should give Heavenly Father first place in our life. And that's from Psalm 37 verse 5. There's a few more words there. I wanted verse 3 as well. So let's go to Psalm 37. Psalm. Uh, 
Psalm 37, verse 3, 4, and 5. Um, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be f fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord and trust also in him. He is, uh, and he shall bring it to pass. Faithfulness in our belief, faithfulness in our work for the Lord, the way we do things, we can trust the Heavenly Father because He's faithful and He's going to give those things. He'll feed us, He'll care for us, take care of us. I started thinking of uh, being a dedicated worker, a servant of God, and Matthew 21 and Mark 12 and Luke 20. What's in all of those? Let's take a quick look. Maybe go to Matthew 21. Yeah, Matthew 21. And the others are, are very similar, a repeat kind of of the same story. And when I was reading them one by one, I thought, you know, there's slight differences in each one. Wouldn't it be fun to put them side by side and compare them um, right there on the spot? Well, I may be able to do that someday. You can do it on a computer screen and you can put up the three verses side by side, three panes, and then you can say, look at here, 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 look at here. Um, I guess that's a, a very special thing that we have available to us. Um, so Matthew 21, verse 33 would go all the way to 46. So look at verse 33 first. This is a parable of a certain Householder, while the others make it a little more than that, landowners or uh, a person that had property and money and so on, he planted a vineyard. That means he had to buy the ground first, right? He was able to own the land. He hedged it round about. He put a protection up. This protection could be a lot of thorns and stones. Keeps out the little foxes that spoil the vines. We need to do that with our lives, right? So he digged in a wine press. That means a full, uh, an area where he could plant, uh, plant is a strange word, uh, build up a foundation for this wine press and how you're going to capture the juice and so on to, to get the best out of the property that's there. He built a tower. That's so that you could have a person up top in there and look around and see if there's foxes coming or um, any kind of animals that might run through your property and, uh, or bad guys coming. Um, that's what the tower was. Well, God is our tower. <laughs> Many verses say that. Uh, the, and he led it out to husband men. I wanted to capture that idea. This man, he, there was a number of men working for him, but he led it out to them. He rented it out to them or uh, agreed with them on a salary basis, whatever. You're going to have housing. You're going to have property to live on. You're going to have land to work with. You're going to have animals to, uh, all the machinery that you're going to need, he's, he's preparing this for them. And he went into a far country. It's kind of like the Heavenly Father, isn't it? He set up this world, gives everything that's needed, <laughs> and then he went at a distance. He's not far away because he's going to keep in touch. And you know the Hebrew people that were listening to this story, they caught it. They got on to the idea. They knew what was happening. And when the time... 
of the fruit drew near. Uh, the other verses have a little more leaning to the harvest time has come. Okay, the right time of the year has come. Then he sent his servants. This one says servants, and another place it'll say he sent one servant, then he sent another servant, and then he sent many servants. One says one, other one says more. Uh, it's good to see, read all three of these. Like I say, the one is in Matthew 21, Mark 12. Just turn those two words, two numbers around. And then Luke 20. Uh, to receive the fruits of the land, the harvest. And the husband then took the servants, now it's plural, and beat one and killed another and stoned another. So at least three here that sounded like it was only one servant to start with. He sent servants. And again, he sent other servants. So not just two, not just three, not just many. He sent at least, you know, other servants, maybe quite a few. Uh, more than the first. More servants. Now you have to think, the, the Jewish people were catching on to this. When God left the people way back when, he sent them uh, prophets, a, a good kings. He sent them good prophets. He sent them uh, judges. He sent this and sent again and again and again. Jesus mentions that in his stories as he's telling them. His fair, uh, parables. They were catching on to the story. Um, anyway, then uh, uh, like they, they did to, to these other ones the same. And, and then finally, the Heavenly Father says, uh, that master, that landowner. But at, la at last of all, he sent unto them his son. And the other verses, when you look it up, his only son, his blessed son. So you know that's Jesus Christ that we're talking about. And they, they will receive him. They'll reverence him because he's my son. They'll, they'll give respect to him. They won't treat him like the others because they know this is the owner's son. When uh, Joseph was doing the business for Pharaoh, all he had to do was show his ring and his hat and so on, the clothing that he wore, and they knew he was representing the Pharaoh and they better obey him. So this is what the, the landowner here was saying, I'll send my son and everything will be fine. And what did they do to him? They said, you know, this is the heir. If we, kill, if we kill him, it's in verse 38, we'll seize on the inheritance. All of this is going to be ours if we kill him. So they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard. Read those other scriptures too because outside the gate, outside, where was Jesus killed? Outside the gate. He was killed next to the garbage dump so they could throw him into the burning fire. Oh yeah. So this guys are going to do away with him. They slew him. And the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh when he comes. What will he do to those husbandmen? He wants us to think deeper. Think what's going on. And he's going to leave the question right there. And they said unto him, he will, um, and they said unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard to others, other, other husbandmen, which shall render, uh, render him, give to him, the fruits of their season. 
the fruits in their seasons. He's going to find a better person that's going to do this. Well, you'd read in the others, uh, well, Jesus continued here about the stone for the builders. Uh, let me see if it's in here. Um, the, the kingdom shall be taken away from you and given to in verse 43. <laughs> um, in the other uh, verses, it, it points it out very clearly. Uh, maybe it's Mark. Mark. I'm going to turn to Mark for a quick one. 12. Mark 12, wasn't it? Mark 12. And towards the end of the story, because uh, I want a specific thought here, down to verse 12. So somewhere close to verse 12. Uh, chapter 12, and down close to verse 12. They laid hold on him in verse 12, yeah. Um, oh, they were going to grab him up. So we've got to back up a verse or two. Um, verse 10. Um, ye not heard the saying, okay, about the stone and the builders. Uh, and then he, the, this is the Lord's doing, okay, in verse 12. They sought to lay hold on him. They were so upset with Jesus because they were understanding the story. Ah, yeah, it's just a couple words further. Uh, they laid hold on him, uh, of Jesus now. They, they were catching on here. They were going to grab Jesus, but feared the people. Otherwise, they would have killed him on the spot. They knew that people revered Jesus as a prophet or something special, and so they feared the people. Otherwise, they would have just killed him right there on the spot because he alluded to them being this, these bad servants. Well, they were. Um, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. That's Mark 12, 12. And they left him and went their way. They, they had to forget it for a moment, but they kept this in their mind the rest of their time until they got Jesus killed. So that's why you want to catch these by reading all three of these scriptures to see what was said. And uh, they caught on to the story that he was telling about the story about the Heavenly Father, the prophets that were being sent to them, that they had killed the prophets. Other places Jesus said, you killed the prophets. Yeah. So this was unfaithfulness, and Jesus wants us to do much better than that. He's looking for the ones that will serve him right. In... Uh, Uh, let's see, I've got some notes on the side here. I want to be sure and catch up. Oh, in, um, in, in Psalm 37, it also said that you will dwell in the land, you shall inherit the land. Um, many places people want to say, no, you don't inherit this land, this earth is going to be destroyed. Other denominations, other explanations, that everybody's going to heaven. This earth wasn't worth keeping. <sighs> oh, no, you're going to inherit the land. Remember, the meek shall inherit the earth. Oh, oh sorry for them, guys. <laughs> They're going to stay here while everybody else is. No, that's not true. <laughs> we are going to be part of that, too. We're going to inherit the earth. And verse 11, verse 22, verse 29, verse 34, all say, inherit the earth forever. So you want to read that Psalm 37 as well. Very good verse, chapter. 
So another thought here is to disciplined people that are faithful. In James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. We need to endure it because that's faithfulness. Okay, we want to keep going here. Self-control and restraint are other words that could be used. We must practice those things. We must set rules and limits for ourselves if we are to glorify God. And I wrote here, how about the statutes and the judgments? There's a lot of words like that in the scripture. If you look them up uh, to see what, what we are to do with them. Are you disciplined? Is what I'm getting from this, this thought here. Uh, we get a lot of reading and things from the world. But are we part of the world? Well, we need to be better than that. Uh, there's 20, at least out of 25, Bible texts that tell a willingness to serve. Ha! Huh. Willing. They were willing givers. Willing server, servants. Remember in the Old Testament when they needed uh, supplies for the church? They are willing men. Willingly gave. Willingly served. Uh, there's at least 11 times in the Old Testament where the word uh, statues of God are used. Eleven. Most people don't want to hear that. Don't have any rules. Don't any, tell me about any statutes that God has uh, that we have to abide by. That's disciplined person. That's willing to do these things, to have those standards placed on them. Uh, even got a Got books written on this about uh, how to uh, how to control your world so that you can do what you should be doing for the Lord. Uh, very interesting. To be uh, um, determined, yeah, determined. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's determination. That's de being determined. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Um, some lack willpower. You see that quite a bit, don't you? Nowadays, worse than ever, people will stand, find a post to lean against rather than working for the Lord. Uh, we need to have that determination. Like seeds that fall on shallow ground. And I thought, yep. In Mark 13, verse 5, and Mark 4, 5, story of the sowing of the seed. One place it just says it fell on the path and didn't explain the rest of the story. You need to find it in both of those places, Matthew 13, 5 and Mark 4, verse 5, because one says that the ground was shallow, the soil wasn't deep enough, and so the seed died. You have to have determination. If you fall on the path, I guess there's not much you can do except get off of the path, and I guess that's where we need to be. We need to be a, a faithful uh, people that don't stay where there's not nothing to grow, can't grow. Don't be there. Don't uh, be involved in that society that's locked in close to us because we won't be able to grow. We need the good soil. And the scriptures is our good soil, isn't it? Our determination is... Uh, Supplemental to the power of God. 
God can move us. God can do special things to us, but we need to get going as well. Um, God and our Lord Jesus Christ can save us uh, from Satan's events and, and practices and ways. We can conquer Satan. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Ah, so, yes, we can do it with the power of the Heavenly Father, with the power of the Holy Spirit. To be diligent for your work and labor of love, we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. That's in Hebrews 6, 10 through 11. Some of the words are missing there. I just chose a few words there. But the diligence, we need to have the same diligence in serving God. Uh, many people are slothful. They, in Proverbs, talk about the, the sloth, slothful people. The sluggard, it mentions in other places. Uh, he, won't, uh, he won't plow because of the cold, and therefore in the harvest he won't reap. <laughs> well, give and take, you know. If you don't do this, you're not going to get that. <laughs> uh, yes, that's a good one. Um, primary interests of many people are temporal type things, temporal pursuits. That's the main thing in their life. Um, they could tell you everything about sports or the sports section of the magazine, of the newspaper or whatever, um, but they uh, don't know much about the Bible or about what God has to say about their way of life. The faithful are diligent for God's causes, God's ways, God's things. They encourage their other fellow Christians, people that are Christ-like or wanting to be, and they need encouragement sometimes, and that's our job, to be diligent in our service, to help the needy and to witness to the lost. Uh, be dependable. Uh, I constantly think of that one where the one boy said he wouldn't go and was going to go, and the, the father asked him the second time, asked the second boy. We need to look at that story and say, what can I gain from it? The one said, oh, no, I'm not going to go. And then he thought it over, and he realized he needed to be dependable to his father for the causes that the father had, and he went. And the first one said, oh, I'll go. And didn't go. Okay, that's not a good, a good... God always shows you the good and the bad, doesn't he? <laughs> Make your choice is what, it, what it's about, isn't it? One more thing here is dependability. Make you perfect established, strengthened, settled you, is in 1 Peter 5, verse 10. We really need to be thinking of those things, that we would make ourselves perfect. Well, some say, well, you can't do that. Uh, you're supposed to try. You're supposed to get the Holy Spirit on your side. You're supposed to be working with the Heavenly Father. And it says, be perfect even as your Father is that is in heaven. Yeah, we got a job to do. Yep, we better get on with that. Uh, established, stable, strengthened, yep, so that we can help others too. Um, hosp uh, some people uh, habitually fail in their duties to God and man. They, they don't bother. They're not dependable. They're not de determined for their own life. They're, they're not diligent. They just let her ride. Yeah, lots of people are like that. They, they don't worry about it. They don't, they don't help the causes. They don't work for God. 
they're undependable. They will be judged for their unfaithfulness. Lots of examples in the scripture, right? But they'll be judged for their unfaithfulness. Disappointments and discouragement come to all. Those who are steadfast will be found worthy to receive the crown of life. That's back in that first verse that I read in Revelations 2.10. We need to be faithful unto death and be willing to give our all to the Heavenly Father and we will receive a crown for it. May God bless you.